Coming soon to a theater near you. Nope. And then it's a special TV event. Not at all. How about a once-in-a-lifetime concert? Let me ask, have you ever actually listened to the What Else with Corey Mann podcast? Well, uh, Just read the reviews. Big Kid at Heart says there are lots of radio guys with podcasts. No, really read the reviews. Corey oh. asked insightful questions, lets our favorite CCM artists really tell their stories. You'll feel like you're just in a room with a group of friends. Well, sounds like I better check it out. The What Else with Corey Mann podcast, wherever podcasts are found. Welcome back, film and pop culture fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, doing a really terrible Batman voice. And joining me, as always, across the internet, Drew Douglas. Mm, That's bad. It's so bad, I wish that I had allergies and I was hacking up along right now. I mean, you don't need allergies. You just got to go deep. I have I'm so many questions. To, I, I want to do it. I want to do it now, but I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared to do it because it's like I'm in. A, I'm talking in a microphone. I don't want to scream. Well, that's it. So you have to scream to get it. But then beyond that, you also have to... You got to get gravelly, but not possessed. You know, like you don't want to sound like you're in the fifth iteration of the reboot of the Exorcism films, because it's not like a demonic go, voice. You don't want to go Dark Knight. You want like you want like Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah. Because Bale notches it up in, it, yeah. in the Dark Knight, which I didn't necessarily hate. And then he reins it back in, I feel like, a little more in The Dark Knight Rises. True. And I, 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 I was going for, like, a more reserved Batman Begins, but instead it just comes off as someone who's hoarse and dealing with maybe some sinus pressure. But I digress. Well, film fans, thanks for joining us. We are going to be talking about, you probably guessed it, The Batman. Or should I say... The Pattinson Man. We are uh, going to be the Pat Man. It's got to be a better name. The uh, we're we're going to dive into that. But before we do that, we're going to return to the Rotten Tomatoes game. Should I always go back and mention what the game is and and what we're doing this year? Do you think at this point people are sick of that? It's a good question. I feel like a lot of people will know what it is. We're guessing the Rotten Tomato scores for movies coming out. We're doing it for the first half of the year, January through June. Three movies today. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna divvy up points for three movies. Four to two, I believe, is the yeah. Four two is the score up until today. I'm meandering. I don't know what I'm talking about. Four four points. I got two points. You got. We got three points to divvy up. Numero one. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, locking that in at 32%. I did, uh, I guess, 46. You said 30. You're off by two. You get the point. Movie number two, Dog. We're locking in 75%. I said 83. And guess what? You nailed it. 75% perfect. On the dot. That's a big surprise. It's huge. So far this year, you and I have each gotten one of these 100% perfect. That's clutch. Uh, yeah. I mean, then that's a first. Numero nine. I don't know why I said nine. This third movie, 
of today that we're locking in. The ninth overall is Uncharted. Uh, it locked in at 41%. I said 37. You said 65. So I get that point. Woo. Get this. After today, nine movies. I have five. You have four. We're almost dead even. This is stressful because I honestly thought for a while it was a runaway hit. Like you were taking this. And for a while, it oh, seemed I was. like that. I, I'm squandering it. We could lock in the Batman right now because it's at 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. We usually, we would have to wait one more week to officially be able to lock this in. But I said 96%. There's no way it can go up there. <laughs> you said 89. Mm-hmm. So let's just lock this in. Let's just lock in the Batman right now. Oh, wow. A bonus. You get it. Now we're tied 5-5. Five, five. Wow. Going into... Uh, the next week where we're going to lock in, I think studio six, 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 but we have yeah. two movies we need to predict that are coming out in a few weeks. Um, the first one is the lost city. It's got Channing Tatum. It's got the lovely Sandra Bullock and it's got uh, Harry Potter himself, Daniel Radcliffe. I think this looks fun. I, uh, it's something I'm going to definitely see with the wife. It's a good regal pass movie. I wouldn't normally yeah. pay for this, but it's a regal pass movie. The Lost City. Um, do you want to guess first, or should I? Because I've been sucking it up so much. I'll let you uh, pick because you won this round of uh, lock-ins. I, I was going to say I've written down both of my my guesses, and I'm actually going so high here. I'm debating oh about dialing it back. Well, do you want me to go first? Because you can always dial it back. You you can't. Yeah, you can. Let's. How about you go? You go first. One number keeps sticking out in my mind. I'm going with my gut. 59%. Oh, wow. Okay. Is there, are you basing it off? So you said off your gut, but are you basing it off of any other movies like Sandra, Sandy B movies or Channing T movies? Well, I, I think Channing and Sandra are going to have good chemistry. I think people will like that. This also looks like a better version of Uncharted. I don't really know the plot, but it has similar vibes. And I think this just looks better. Yeah. So I'm going to go higher than what I predicted for Uncharted, which was 37%. I went pretty low. I did not think that looked good. Yeah. And that's where, honestly, I think this movie looks good. I wonder if the reason why, and I'm sticking with my score of 77. Mm. But the reason why I'm going with that score, I believe it's... You know, people could just be looking for some fun right now, especially oh yeah, where absolutely. are we right now? You know, with everything going on and and just around the world globally, um, we need we need some good Sandy B fun. Her return to the theater, uh, and you said fifty nine. Is that right? Yeah, it's good. We we have a good separation, which is always fun. I think, uh, unlike for Death on the Nile, where we were what was that three away. Three that's away, also yeah. fun too. That that adds a strange excitement. <laughs> and it was right in the middle. <laughs> it was right in the middle. Who ended up getting that? You got it. I got that. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, I, I ended up getting that. It's exciting. So the second movie that we're going to do today is a new horror film. It's called X. This is one of my most anticipated movies of the month of March. It's from Ty West. His return to horror after however many years. He tends to get pretty solid reviews with his horror films. I'm going to lock in 84%. Wow. Okay. 
that is um now granted neither of us have seen the trailer for this we're avoiding it we don't want yes. any spoilers i don't want to see too much so i i don't know if this looks good i just i'm going off of talent alone you know it's funny because i keep seeing it's like the preview before the trailer and there's a song that they use and it just repeats but it's just you see one image one actually it's video but you see an actor or actress and you see their name flash on the screen and you see them and then another name flash on the screen, more video and so on and so forth. That happens for the very beginning of the trailer. And I've seen that like maybe the first two or three shots introducing the actors and actresses, but I don't know what the context is. I don't know what um what role they play i don't know if they're good or bad and i like that and for that i'm i'm liking what we're doing in terms of not knowing a lot of especially for horror films as we get closer to x and nope um trying to go in go into these as blind as possible so with your score does it factor in not only that ty west did it but this is an a24 movie yeah yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, A24 always gets, in addition to, as you were saying with Ty West, A24 always gets some pretty solid reviews. And that's something that, you know, with my current score, uh, thinking about that, I'm going to have to to increase it a little bit. Um, you know, let's go with, I'm going to say 75. Oh, wow. I, when you said increase it, I thought you meant increase my score. One of these days, one of us has to just go up 1% of what the other person did Ooh. just to do it. Now, it's going to happen at some point. 86, is that right? I did 84. 84, okay. Uh, see, I originally I was thinking that it would be in the 60s, like high 60s. Mm. But... It's funny. Here, I thought I was going to change the Lost City score, kept that the same. Instead, I changed my X score because I just, I feel like, you know, you bring up a good point about Ty West, but more importantly, A24 always, 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 never underestimate them. They always come through with a high score. So in the coming weeks, we'll do Morbius, and then Chris Pine has a new one called The Contractor. And I believe we also have a few new Bruce Willis films coming out. Oh on my gosh. PBO I wish we YouTube. could do those, but like only <laughs> seven people actually review those movies. I was going to say, no joke. Uh, BW's got American Siege coming out this week. And apparently, I don't know. Um, Ryan, yeah, did, I, I, literally, I texted you and I, I about had a stroke because I get on <laughs> yes. the iTunes movie page. And it literally says now stream or now available. And it's another Bruce Willis movie. He has like 18 movies a year. It's in. How does he do it? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, apparently I, I don't know how, but on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience score is 96% right now for this movie. Oh, I think people are just being stupid. They have to be. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe that for a second. It's just unreal. Well, speaking of Unreal, let's get into the Batman. The Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came 
Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. You got a lot of cash. Are you going to do that the entire time? No, I'm not. I was just going to set it up that way, and that's all. Um, so here we get the 2022 version of the Batman slash Bruce Wayne told from the early years of Batman. We don't get a flashback. We don't get any of that Thank stuff. Thank God. Thank God. I, no, I was curious. No yeah. string of pearls. Yeah. No, no rehash of returning to those comic panels of, yeah, what happened to him as a kid, but we get early Batman as in the first two years. And it's loosely based, you could say, on uh, like the Long Halloween and those comics of the Batman. Now, uh, here we've got Matt Reeves writing and directing this film, Robert Pattinson playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman, Zoe Kravitz for Selena Kyle or Catwoman, Jeffrey Wright mm. as James Gordon, Colin Farrell as an undistinguishable penguin, and of course, Paul Dano as the Riddler. First and foremost, where does your overall liking of this film fall? It's pretty dang high. I had a really good time with this movie. I, it was the perfect... I worried it would be too grim and dark, and it is completely grim and dark for three straight <laughs> hours. But you know what? I'm all about that, baby. It is, after all, inspired by the Nirvana song used in the trailers. And it as before we started recording, you said... Matt Reeves said that is like his spark of inspiration. And he just listened to Nirvana nonstop, apparently, while uh, writing this film. Uh, I agree. I I was worried thinking that it would be too much. Do you, do you think it went too heavy into the grim darkness of Gotham City? I could understand someone having that complaint. At the same time, this is a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of Batman that I like. One thing I will say that I didn't necessarily necessarily like this Bruce Wayne is not one of my favorites yet, and I you yeah. give I give it more of a pass in that this is our this is very early on in his um, persona. He hasn't developed that fake persona that we kind of get to enjoy with what Christian Bale does in the Nolan trilogy, where he's essentially playing uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho, where that whole thing is a facade. Like he's just like this billionaire playboy drunk. This Robert Pattinson, Bruce Wayne is just so sad. (laughs) He's so mopey. And you know, I watched it and I couldn't help but chuckle because I know I've listened to enough of Robert Pattinson to know that he seems like a pretty cheery guy. And I know he had a blast just being a huge mope. (laughs) Like I know they probably said cut and he just would giggle and laugh because he just finds it comical and funny. And I miss, I miss the Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne. I understand what they're doing with this. And I hope by the end of this movie, they've set this up to where in these next movies, we're going to get the Bruce Wayne where he is more of a public figure. He's not this sad sack. So that is one, I think, knock on this iteration, but I understand what they're doing. Yeah. I also find it very fascinating that Pattinson has been Batman almost this entire thing. Like there's basically no Bruce Wayne in this movie. Yeah. I find to be very fascinating as well. It's the first Batman we have had like that. So that makes me speculate. Is this perhaps going to follow in kind of a three-step tier for 
who Batman becomes or Bruce Wayne becomes. The first one is the Batman. What if like the second, the follow-up film to this, the sequel is the playboy or something like yeah, that. Him learning to become Bruce Wayne. Yeah, exactly. Because this is very much so let's focus on the Batman, hone in on his detective skills, him being the world's greatest detective. And you know what we've heard for Batman, but we've never seen in this capacity before. And now are we going to get him learning how to do that for becoming the playboy in the second film? And then in the third film, perhaps it's how he juggles all of that. And is he able to do that? Or maybe he can't. I hope he can. I and think I at this think point, so. by the end of this movie, we have shown that he's he's able to change. And that'll continue to evolve the longer that he does it. So I hope we don't have regressions. Well, and that's where, you know, seeing the film shot, it's, you know, like you were saying, dark, rainy, and it's set really truthfully in the trenches of Gotham City. Anytime, and it's so funny, with Gotham City as a kid growing up and watching the Tim Burton Batman and Batman Returns, Batman Returns seems so just dark that to me, that was always like Gotham City. But this is almost like what I've always expected Gotham City to be just a complete garbage pail of a city. <laughs> but it's it's shot so beautifully. I don't think it there's is. ever been a Batman movie that looks as amazing as this. But I get what you're yeah. saying. It, it made me wonder, too, if Batman and all the DC villains were real. Would you consider ever living in Gotham City? Like, is this a place that you would gravitate towards? Let's say if you had a job opportunity, or is it too, are you too almost turned off by it? Because it is it is like Times Square in the 70s when it was just this cesspool of disgusting behavior and acts and perversion. It's maybe not on that level, but it is gross. There's a grossness too, but there's also this weird beauty to it. Yeah, I want. I would love for them to flush that out a little bit more going forward to see, um, to see how it, not only I want to say we don't need to see how it became that, but why is it that way? Is it just the fact that you know is it more along the lines of like Carpenter's Escape from New York, and it has been turned into almost like we don't just have Arkham Asylum or prison; we've got literally. The entire city that's dedicated to withholding criminals and everyone that's just been dropped in, just like Escape from New York. I'd be curious to see, has it regressed? Has society regressed enough outside of Gotham City to get to this point? Um, I, you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time in that overall, but I would like to know just like a little bit more, uh, just a little bit. But overall, uh, to answer the original question, I dig this. I dig the look. Like you said, it looks amazing. There are so many shots that it really plays into this noir style. Um, it's it's very reminiscent of something. If if we ever saw David Fincher directed Batman, this is what it would look like. I mean, this is very like if you were to tell me, like if I were if we were to go into this, I had no idea who directed this. I honestly would say, I bet you anything it's Fincher. Mm -hmm. It's definitely heavily inspired by Zodiac. And I mean, we're not saying anything new here, but it is very seven, very Zodiac, which are, again, these very serious, grim movies, but they have just 
the way they're presented, they're so beautiful to watch. I'll just I'll just ask with Batman, this is Pattinson's first time in this role. Uh, you said you you really dug him, but do you like him better than all of the other actors who have followed before him in the Batman role? Not Bruce Wayne, but Batman. It's so hard because this is a three-hour movie, but this is a very limited sample size. I do I do think I like this version of the character maybe best of anything that's ever been done simply Mm -hmm. because he is a detective in this one. And I don't think the mystery, the Riddler mystery in this movie necessarily blew me away. Yeah. But I like the idea that it is a full blown detective film. He's Batman basically the entire time trying to solve this mystery. I'm going to go on a limb and say, this is my favorite live action Batman. We're not there with the Bruce Wayne yet. Sure. But I, I love everything about this Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would, I would agree with that. And especially, you know, going into this and having the whole, well, we've had the, the uh, justice league Snyder cut that came out and having seen Ben Affleck in that role and even knowing that Ben Affleck is coming back and heck, I mean, we've even got Michael King coming back as Batman too. Um, So with all of this, it seems like there's a lot with this character, but at the same time, like you said, even though it's a three-hour movie, having spent the time that we did, I want more of that. Oh, like, isn't I'm, it crazy that we've had all these adaptations and these versions of this character, yet with this movie, I feel like we've seen things that we've never seen before. Yeah. And you can constantly find uh, maybe aspects of the character that's never been done, and we can we can freshen it up in ways. Yeah, uh, that's one thing that made me like this more than I think any other Batman film than, than what we've received because of that reason. And it just seems like they go so deep into that. And, you know, with Batman Returns, it got so dark that they changed it up on the third film. And you know, with Tim Burton taking that direction, they were not wanting it to be as dark and grim. And here we are going into this film and it's, you know, the darkest, grimmest Batman storyline that we've ever seen and that character. But yet to me, it's like, all right, this feels right. This seems like what Batman is and everything that he kind of represents, you know, trying to fight uh everything that he is trying to fight whether it is theoretical or physical i've was just a part of this 100% of the way i really like this movie but it makes me really curious about other mysteries that he's going to solve down the road and yeah. i if wonder this... if the second movie is detective driven mm-hmm. or if you change it up cuz i feel like you almost have to switch it up as like yeah. he's going to do detective work but it's not going to be like this well, and that's what I'm wondering. Will Matt Reeves have this idea? Okay, we're going to focus on a crime noir for this, neo-noir. Is he going to completely change it up and then the second one fits a completely different style? Or is he going to follow in the same noir style, but yet it's going to be a completely different story? I don't know. I think that it will follow the same style. One thing I did love, and this again has never been done before in these live action movies is 
Batman, Bruce Wayne, has, is literally logging everything that he does in the journal. And yeah. we're hearing the narration. It's such a smart idea to steal that from the comics. And it works so well with this, especially early on in his crime-fighting career, that we're just getting his inner monologue as he's out doing his thing. I just I think that's one of the smartest ideas that anyone's ever done. And it's so simple. Yeah, and I think it works really well here. I think in, in a case like this, it go it really does draw back into the uh, on the inspiration of those stories like Zodiac, where if we are following a detective, and that makes sense uh, to to do that. Now, what about Selena Kyle and Zoe Kravitz in that role? I was going to ask you: Do you want to go down? We don't have to do everyone. But we'll go down this cast list and just say loves hates. Yeah, yeah. Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. This is a casting that when it was announced years ago, I wasn't negative on it, but I was like, yeah, I don't see her. I don't mm-hmm. see her as Selena Kyle. I'm not hyped on this. She's freaking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I loves her in this. She, she's phenomenal. Uh, she's something to, uh, un- yet again, just like seeing Pattinson's Batman, I want to see more of her version of Selena Kyle. Now we have Paul Dano as Edward Nashton slash the Riddler, who is a very, very sick, dark version of this character. <laughs> this entire movie just revolves around him killing corrupt members of Gotham's political leaders and police, as we mentioned, very Zodiac-ish. Uh, one thing I don't like is in The Dark Knight, we have Joker doing live, like basically live streaming what he's doing or sending that to the news. And this felt too similar to that, which I did not like. Mm, yeah. Because he, he repeatedly keeps sending videos of him doing stuff. Uh, that's one of the major complaints about this film is that, you know, he went too far. And uh, eh, I mean, I, mean I, like, I like, he's a great in this. This is not a Paul Dano yeah. thing. Like, he's awesome in this. I felt it was maybe a little too similar with. Dark Knight Jokers, I said, especially like the Dark Knight Jokers all leading to him having stopped like a bomb explosion. And this is I'm going to flood the city, which is from a handful of Batman comics of just isolating Gotham and, and killing a mass amount of people. Yeah, I think overall, I, I did like it. I, I found it interesting, even though I expected a bigger twist. Sure. And yeah. The, mark- the marketing is kind of misleading in a good way in that we're led to believe that the Riddler knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And that's not the case. I thought that was a cool twist. I would have bet anything. This was my big thing going into this movie. I thought the Riddler character, Edward Nash, and whoever this guy is, was going to be Bruce Wayne's like stepbrother or whatever, mm. some sort of real connection to Bruce Wayne. And it, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I expected a bigger, twist at the end of this to be like oh that's why you're doing this and it's yeah. just like eh, okay well that's why you're doing it because you're just like a maniac yeah i i would still go with loves just in terms of uh paul i mean he's one of my favorite actors he's great in everything i love him and everything i've seen him in this is no exception he does the best job he can and delivers and is very maniacal it's someone who in this gotham you know, you're kind of a product of your environment and he is, and we see this, uh, unhinged person and it makes you fearful of, I I felt like this truly made you 
the most nervous of any character, any villain in a Batman story since Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, you know, that's just, that's, I, I think he's able to, to do something with that. Um, and, you know, you have to take this character in that realm of, is it, is he going too far, especially being inspired by what Matt Reeves was to write this and come up with the storyline. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't, um, I mean, obviously there are certain things that he's certainly deranged big time, but he's, um, I think this, it, it's interesting that we're, that Matt Reeves is taking this direction because it truly makes me fearful of who's next and like who will follow in his footsteps. Will we have a copycat um, of, of this character, um, of his actions? Are we going to see more of this where they're just complete loose cannons? But to me, that makes it, that kind of builds into this fear of what will follow in his footsteps or who will follow in his footsteps. So, um, and I, I do like that in this one, we have these followers of his, like these Riddlers by the end of the yeah. movie, which leads to, I think, one of the best action sequences where Batman's fighting all these Riddlers and it's straight out of an Arkham game. I think that adds to another thing, like you were saying earlier, we we just have not seen that in a Batman. And I, it adds to why I liked it and like this character and, and where Matt Reeves uh, took it, the story overall. And he's still alive and he could come back for more though. I like the idea that he's going to be in Arkham waiting for the chance to get out and cause more mayhem. Yeah. Jeffrey Wright as Mr. James Gordon, not yet commissioner. Love Jeffrey Wright. He's fantastic. He's so well suited here in this environment. And I I love some Jeffrey Wright. And this is another, he is just well cast. And I'm the same as you. He's he's amazing in this. Um and once again, similar to not the Riddler, but overall what will come next and, you know, who will follow in the Riddler's footsteps. But looking at Jeffrey Wright's Gordon, it's going to be interesting to kind of progress through these stories because I feel like we're going to see more through the lens of him as we get more of this world. Now, Mr. Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot, very different version of the Penguin. This this is the version that I like where he's just like this up-and-coming gangster waiting for the chance to take over. I love that we see the Iceberg Lounge. We've never seen that before on live action. Um, Colin Farrell rules in this. He's just like funny and he's just kind of a dope, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Like he's just kind of like this dopey gangster but i like that we're planting the seeds for him to rise to power and we know that we're getting spinoffs they've already announced that and this will be one of them based on penguin which i think is a fascinating idea that we're getting spinoffs that will kind of bridge between the films though i do wonder do we need spinoffs of every single thing imaginable i i think that there's enough where we could build on to it but then again also makes me wonder with, you know, obviously seeing his limited amount here, is there a reason for that? You know, does he only work because it's a limited amount? Because you can tell that 
Mm. Farrell's just hamming it up. He's he's enjoying every second. I mean, you've got to being in that amount of makeup and prosthetics, you know? Uh, but I do think the- he's in this the good amount. And I like the idea that, that there are all these characters in this universe and they're just kind of flowing through the story. I think that's sure. a really cool idea. Yeah. And that's where it worried me, to be honest, in the beginning when we were first hearing about all of these characters uh, or villains, rather, being in this film. That that had me nervous. But overall, it I liked how it was handled. Now, this one I could say is a miss. I'm going to explain it. It's Andy Serkis' Alfred Pennyworth. I think he is amazing in this. But... Alfred is not in this very, he's in like three yeah. scenes and mm-hmm. it almost felt like Reeves was like, oh, man, I really want circus in this, but he's only available for like two weeks. <laughs> but we got to limit how much he's in this. I need in these movies, two and three, like he's got to be in, I need a better relationship. I need him in this more working with Bruce. One of my favorite things in this is Bruce waking up and he comes downstairs and he sees Alfred working on the cipher. I want more of that. I hope yeah. I hope he's in the movie the future movies uh quite a bit more. Yeah, I I predict that we'll see more of him. And I I feel like a lot of this was kind of the Batman solo film where it focuses primarily on him. And I I bet you anything we'll get a ton of Alfred going forward, but I I do wonder too, you know, if it stemmed from it just being part of Reeves only having circus for a limited amount of time and circus was just, he's like, I want to do this, but I, I dug seeing him, but it just felt so very reminiscent of what you said with characters kind of ebbing and flowing to and from, you know, uh, from the plot points in and out of the story that, I, I wanted more of him, but I also felt okay about it. Like I, I wasn't like upset about it. Although moments like what you described too, uh, kind of made me wanting more, but then again, maybe that's part of the purpose of the, the brilliance of this movie of us wanting more of certain characters and certain elements that, you know, adds to the allure of why I like this film so much. No, I honestly, I really thought at one point he was going to die. I thought that was going to be one of the big yeah. twists to change how these stories and how the Batman stories tend to go. So when he, when he, when we know that he's opening up this explosive, I really thought he was going to die. Yeah. Now, one thing late in this movie, one of the final scenes is the Riddler in prison or in jail. Mm-hmm. And there's a, he meets a, a an Arkham prisoner that we don't really get to see his full face, but we know it's Joker or the early version of that character. That felt like it should have been a mid credit scene. Yeah. Can we go one movie without freaking having Joker in it? Like if the Joker is the next villain, I'm going to be livid. And I know Reeves has already said, just because this is in the movie doesn't mean that he's going to be the villain in the next movie. But I want some fresh blood, please. Is there who do you want to see as the next main villain in this in the sequel? You know, I feel the same as you. I would like to get someone else. We could get Joker, but you know what would be nice is if we do have Joker, but he's only in it sporadically. 
he's like maybe the Hannibal in the Silence of the Lambs, where he's not on screen very much. Like, what if he's been Suicide Squad, though? (laughs) Well, yeah, and that's the other problem. We, you know, it's we can't go. All these movies have to have Joker, and at some point, we got to say, let's. We have to have faith that we can do a movie without having that character. Yeah, and and I would be totally okay if we don't. Um, I would, I would, I, for your question, who would I like to see next? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. I also have that kind of stuck in my head about Deathstroke being in toward, uh, well, who we ended up seeing briefly, very briefly, um, in the Snyderverse. But at the same time, um, I don't have a good answer. Like there's no one that really stands out. I'm on board to see whomever fits for the storyline of what Matt Reeves has concocted because I just, you know, I'm trusting Matt Reeves' direction with this. Uh, similar to like, I was curious to see what Snyder would come up with. But here's is like, once again, I just, I want to see what, what Reeves has up his sleeves. I really like Mr. Freeze and I like the idea that you're setting it. Um, Maybe during Christmas time, or it's cold and it's yeah, snowy. I'm a hundred percent in, and that's where to for myself, whomever he throws into this pot, you know, is just going to be completely messed up because existing in this reality, the the only way to survive is to basically be unhinged. I can tell you that I would not move there. There's no amount of money that would get me to be like, you know what? Maybe we should consider moving to Gotham City. I would like what. What do their ads look like for moving there? You know, I feel like I would be tempted because I, I think it might be kind of fun to see those crazy people doing stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? It'd be like, oh yeah, the Riddler just robbed that bank. Nuts. <laughs> and you're there. That's like on a lunch break for you, and then you have to call into work and like, yeah, sorry, I've been, I was yeah. part of this. Firefly just blew up this restaurant. I'm kind of trapped in here. I'm going to be a couple hours late. So one thing that plays a big role in Batman films, it's really the sound from whether it is like sound effects to the score. What did you think about that in this film? I mean, Michael Giacchino, who did the score for this, has delivered, I think, one of the best soundtracks it probably won't be as iconic as what Danny Elfman did with the original Batman. Sure. That, you know, the iconic theme song. But this is, I would say this is up there where I could hum it to you and I think you would know that it's the the Batman score. I think years down the line, this could be one of those iconic Batman themes. I'll be honest, I was a little nervous going into this with Giacchino. Not necessarily in, um, like, I know I I love his work, but fitting for this type of Batman. Yeah. I agree. I was concerned that he wasn't the right pick for this, but I'll yeah. say you mentioned that it's an ominous score and it is, but G Kino has a way of making his music uh, like add a tenderness to it, which I don't yeah. really know how to describe necessarily, but he has that with this score where, I said this a while back when they released the first track from this film score that it sounds like the most traditional Giacchino music that I've heard in a mm-hmm. long time. 
Yeah. Where I hear and I go, that's, that's him. And it does, it has a pounding Batman theme, but then it like segues into this tenderness that he used, uh, I think very well on lost. This reminds me a lot. The score reminds me a lot of what he did with star Trek, which is very exciting, very like pulse pounding. And then, he can use strings and piano to like kind of bring it back down and make you feel emotions outside of uh, excitement. And he does that a lot in this score. I'm just, honestly, this is one of the best pieces of music that I've heard in a long time. It elicits the emotions that, that you need. And it also doesn't go too dark and it doesn't go one way or the other. And there's just enough to kind of draw us back and make us not go completely bad and i think a lot of that is reminiscent of what batman's feeling and and his emotions him as a character where he is right now trying to fight that and i thought it did a really great job uh through the composition and the music's fantastic it's it's great and i have throughout the week and i've gone and listened to like i'll pull up individual tracks and i'll listen to it and it's it's awesome to do that i have not done that for a movie in a long time like you said um going back and listening to the soundtrack or liking it this much and i would agree with that as well and one and one final note i should say the the there's a piece of tech that bruce wayne uses and it's the contact lens where he can see mm-hmm. uh, or record what he's seeing and i just thought that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen in my life i've never seen that in a batman story so again props for coming up with something that I think we're going to see a lot. We could see that a lot in future iterations of this character, that it's such a simple yet really cool piece of tech. Mm-hmm. And Which... who, and the Batmobile, I'm going to go ahead and say that is the best version we've ever seen. And one thing I love that this movie does is it, the introduction to the Batmobile. Uh, if there's no him driving out of the Batcave, racing down the street it just literally like erupts into life and it's oh you're like oh wow it was like in that alley the entire time i thought that was the coolest introduction to that thing yeah and well speaking of that with the tech throughout the film uh you know we don't have james bond right now there is no james bond and maybe this is our version of james bond for a little while and i'm here for that that might be better than any piece of James Bond tech we've had in like the last decade <laughs> or yeah. more, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was a uh, comic bookie in a, in a, in a, in a big way yet still felt, Oh, that's completely plausible. Oh yeah. That's the thing that I, it's funny that you bring that up because a hundred percent, like it fits, it's grounded, but yeah, it feels very, like you said, like a comic book, uh, piece of technology, but I am excited to see where they they go next with with some of that stuff. I feel like that's a theme of this movie. I'm excited to see what's next overall for this franchise and where Matt Reeves is taking it. I need to see it again. It's a three hour movie. It's exhausting. I think in a good way. Yeah, I think you should come away feeling exhausted. Um, but there's a lot to digest, and I kind of swayed back and forth on my rating. I, I gave it four and a half out of five. I dropped it to four. And then the more I thought about it, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And I kind of bumped it back up. And I think rewatching it, we're going to find so many things that we didn't notice. Uh, and I think repeat viewings will really mm-hmm. help this movie. 
One question though, before we go, will you rewatch this in the theater? Mm. Knowing that this is coming out on HBO. I think knowing that this is going to be out. Yeah. In, in less than 43 days. Yeah. Um, like I want to see it now. Imagine what I'm going to be in a month and a half. I'm going to yeah. really want to rewatch it. And I think that kind of amplifies uh, a reaction rather than if I saw it a week after and I'm like, eh, it wasn't as good because it's going to be less fresh in my mind in a month and a sure. half. Yeah. I, 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 I loved this introduction to the Reeves verse, so to speak. And uh, just like, Bruce Wayne being a drug addict with Batman. I'm a drug addict <laughs> for this film. Give me more, baby. It's really good. Did you have anything uh, theatrically when you went and saw, I don't know why I said theatrically, but when you were in the auditorium, did anything crazy happen? No. So like, yeah. We had, a, was... we had a great crowd. It was like people quiet, really into a movie. Like you could tell it was a very different experience than watching something like no way home where people are losing Ooh, yeah. their crap and screaming and clapping people were like really invested and into this movie and it was quiet. Same. Yeah. I, I was going to say very different experience compared to no way home. It, I didn't get any groans, any gasps, anything like that. Uh, people complaining about the runtime, nothing like that, but yeah, you could tell people were just like silent glued to it and watching it. And, and that was cool. Um, it's fun because like you want some of those theater experiences like no way home. But then with this, it also makes you appreciate whenever you've got a movie like this, it's darker, more kind of, I'm going to say melodramatic, but one of those films that it just focuses on the darkness and it's a heavy drama or thriller. And it's fun to get a movie like this and where it keeps people in trance like that. There's something weird about it being electric silent energy. But that's what it was like for yeah. watching this film. I think that just means it's working. Yeah. And yeah, that's perfect way to describe it. So, I mean, I don't want to get on a tangent about No Way Home, but I am genuinely nervous to rewatch that because I just, I honestly don't know if I ever want to see that again. Nothing will live up to that experience. Yeah. So true. <laughs> so true. I mean, I'm, it's like coming out on, 4k blu-ray next month and i'm like i gotta get it because i got them all but i don't know (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know if i really want to watch this again i would be watching the the extra scenes like the bonus content before watching the film first because i feel like that would make me more excited and and pumped but the third viewing is what i'm worried about Mm, i'm not i gotta be honest with you i'm not super stoked to rewatch that I'm just not in the mood. You know, maybe I'm just in a darker place right now and you kind of want to watch something like the Batman. Yeah. I've been like, it's funny because I've, the other thing that's helped me going into this is that I've been on this horror binge. Like, give me, give me some really gruesome stuff. Um, And, and I'm in for that. And I think, I don't know what it is, but, you know, chalk it up to everything going on in the world. But, at the same time, I like this movie is coming out at a time like what you said. I have wanted more of stuff like this, and I'm glad we got it. Well, film fans, hopefully, you also thought it was equally great. But until next time, keep watching. Mm-hmm.